extend even beyond manipulative insincerity, maybe that just extends to straight up lies. But I felt like it was a malicious attempt to sabotage me professionally. To just say a lot of changes need to be done. But again, people don't want to hurt people's feelings. Gift, don't get me wrong. But if someone gave me a gift without the, for me, acknowledging the situation, having a full-blown conversation... I don't want the gift. It's like mm. poison to me. Oh, it's okay. We can come back to it. Or it's okay. You don't have to answer. It's okay. It's not to okay. No, it's, it's not, not okay. Because okay. <laughs> there's 10 questions. That's you need to answer all 10. Me, is it not? If you're saying it's okay, if you're saying it's okay to not answer the question, but it's not okay, that is ruinous empathy. You are saying it's okay. Hi guys, and my name is Hannah. I'm the commissioning editor for Me's Good Minds UK. And today with me, I have Debbie, also known as the Tech Babe, and we'll be discussing radical candor. Hi everyone. So Debbie is an IT consultant and a world-renowned IT professional. <laughs> I mean, she's she's worked for the biggest tech companies in the world. We're not going to specify, but she's worked with some big companies and she's a big name on the tech scene. So, yeah, regarding Radical Candor, you posted a picture on your Instagram story and it was asking, is it really possible to care personally and challenge directly at the same time? Yeah, so two weeks ago, I posted on the Instagram page, I was asking people a question with the poll like oh is it possible to care personally and challenge directly I got a few mixed responses some people thought it was a trick question or they were I thought it was a trick question oh did you like loads of people did as well but I was trying not to give too much away so I can understand how it came across that way but what I meant by the question of are you able to care personally or challenge directly is regarding feedback so there's a framework uh, that was birthed by Ken Scott, who is also world renowned in the tech scene um, in San Francisco, Silicon Valley. Mm. And she has this framework called radical candor, which essentially means if you are able to care personally, you must also be able to ch- challenge directly around feedback or just in, ter- in terms of guiding any sort of discussions. But I wanted to open that up to say that it's not just work, but you can do it in your personal life too. Yeah, so just to simplify down the question, what did the question mean? Yeah, so when someone, if you care personally for someone, especially in a work environment, you need to look at them holistically. So you need to acknowledge the fact that they could have bad days, you could have bad days, and that Mm. they're just more than a number and they do other things outside of work. So when you consider all of those factors, like for example, someone might be a parent, some people have other commitments, setting a meeting, for example, uh, you know, 5 p.m. knowing that someone leaves at four, is you not caring personally exactly so putting those things and trying to put all of those things into consideration allows you to see them more than just a number and look at them as someone that you can care personally for and this is not just for direct relationships it should be taken like taken with leaders as well so when leaders take this all into consideration they're able to look at their employees with a little bit more grace and in terms of challenging directly it means to call things out when things happen if possible if it's at the right time I need to make sure that's clear but being able to say things honestly to someone and not being afraid so sometimes 
sparing their short-term feelings and I'm going to put that in an asterisk by having to explain things to them so that it can improve them for self-improvement and for the betterment of the team as well so if you all of those things together so if you care personally for someone you should be able to challenge them directly and point things out have good criticism and also give good praise and that should be the environment that allows everyone to be radically candid so that comes under radical candor but I believe you said there's a dual matrix where there are three other different types of critique styles so can you go into that please yeah sure so radical candor is this framework that is also considered to be a matrix that is in the consulting world very popular so we use two by two matrices a lot or you can also consider it to be a quadrant so if you challenge someone directly but don't care personally that could be considered as obnoxious aggression and it can also be mistaken for being brutally honest and why that's quite important is you know, I can put my hand up and say I've been in situations in the past where I've definitely told someone, like, I don't like this or no. And it's just been, and it, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. But I didn't say it in the nicest of ways. I wasn't being in kind. of ways. Exactly. And I just thought, no, I, I was being honest. In radical candor, when you don't care personally, you automatically go into the category which is called obnoxious aggression which is where you only challenge directly but you don't do this in the best of ways it's not nice it can also be considered as unkind as well and it can be mistaken sometimes for being brutally honest but I must add it's not being brutally honest again if you care personally for someone you'll find a way to say something with honesty but also say it in a nice manner and that can take practice And that's not the quadrant we would like to be in, unfortunately. In addition to that, if you now care personally, but don't challenge directly, you could also be put in the quadrant that is also known as manipulative insincerity. And that happens where you're just framing that you're being nice. You're not doing both, to be honest. You've stopped caring personally you stopped challenging directly and you said to this, whoever the individual is, that, mm, ah, yeah, everything's fine. It's great. But behind their back in the kitchen, you're telling other people, oh, yeah, they, they submitted that work. It was, it was whack. Yeah. From reading the definition, the bullet points are lies for personal gain and mistrust yeah. and sabotaging to take over. And I feel like I've had that experience in predominantly white office environments that I've been in where give an example an ambiguous example I was within my first fortnight at work at my new job and I was supposed to be shadowing another girl she was white and she was supposed to be showing me how they input data into a certain spreadsheet so I was just making small talk with her getting to know her and then just watching what she was doing and I would made friends with another girl at work that was sat on the same table as us, but she was doing her own work. The next day, so I thought everything had gone well. The next day, the other girl on the table that also happened to be black as well, but we were only two black girls in that department, so happened to tell me that this girl had been telling my manager that I'd been rude to her and that I wasn't paying attention when in my mind that hadn't happened at all. And mm. the girl that was on the table with us as well, she said that, that didn't happen according to her at all so maybe that extends even beyond manipulative insincerity maybe that just extends to straight up lies but I felt like 
it was a malicious attempt to sabotage me professionally. And I feel like that's very common in certain corporate and office environments, which is also why I'm glad that remote work has become more of an option now. Yeah, definitely. That, that's a perfect example of what we shouldn't do. And again, work environments and managers need to create that environment where people can say things openly as well. If people are not comfortable doing so and they just go straight to the manager, the manager should be able to also challenge and say, have you spoken to X person about this first? Because it can definitely come across in a certain way if your manager goes straight back to the other person and said, well, X has said certain things and there are exceptions. There are things that are just outright <laughs> wrong and everybody should run straight to HR. But in the instances of someone saying someone's being rude to you, Definitely, I think they should tell the person first. In that situation, I did try to go to H. Well, not try to go to. I tried to set up a meeting with her to like ask her in a professional context yeah. what her problem with with was because other things had happened outside of that as well. And during that period, everyone kept on trying to comfort her and saying, like, "Oh, if you don't feel comfortable, you can leave at any time, etc." As well, I was the aggressive in this situation. It was just a very toxic environment in general. But yeah. There's, I mean, there's the final quadrant, which I believe is ruinous empathy. Yes, ruinous empathy. So that's when you fail at challenging someone directly, but you care personally. And I can hold my hand up and say, yeah, that's me <laughs> at certain situations, which is a shame because you're not being radically candid. And this is when you can sometimes just be silent. Mm. You know, someone's asked your opinion on something and you turned a blind eye acted as if you weren't in the room or on the group chat someone's asked something you you didn't want to hurt their feelings but that's not good (laughs) because at the end of the day when something does happen and Kim Scott talks about this in a lot of her interviews so if anyone's interested I would uh, suggest researching that on YouTube she was in a situation for example where she was a manager and her direct reports were reporting someone being lazy and it had got to the point where she had to have that conversation as you need to go and when she was having that, that conversation with the employee I'm also paraphrasing the situation the employee now was I had explained to her why didn't you tell me earlier and that happens a lot it's I, I wasn't aware that you felt that way or what, why didn't you tell me that you felt my work wasn't good enough because I've been producing this standard for a certain mm. period of time and yes that can hurt someone's feelings if it's not being silent it's again just saying oh it's, it's great just a few tweaks and again where is the constructive feedback in that? And because sometimes it's not just a few tweaks. Sometimes it's a, <laughs> it's a, a few tweaks. big tweaks. <laughs> a big, literally, oh, someone will frame it. Yes, yeah, just just a few tweaks and they sent a whole paragraph. It's like, it's okay to just say a lot of changes need to be done. But again, people don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yeah, and feedback is only as good as the receiver. So as much as it's about giving constructive feedback or how well you deliver feedback, if that person doesn't want to accept those changes or accepts the flaws in their output, then that can also be a problem. So I feel like as much as we can critique how people deliver feedback, it's also important to learn how you receive that feedback and how you adapt to those changes that have been pointed out that need to be made in your work. And there's this concept called apology languages. It relates a a lot to love languages. So within love languages, there's acts of service, there's gifts, there's quality time, and then there's physical touch. 
And I feel like there's a parallel between that and apology language. And that also relates to how you accept critique. I think that's a good point. Because I was having this conversation with my sister the other day. So my, I believe my love language, my number one love language is, um, is it gifts? Gifts, yeah. yeah. Gifts. That's Mine number is one. quality time. Quality time. And for me, number two would be acts of service. But for an apology language, for example, if so, I love a gift, don't get me wrong. But if someone gave me a gift without the, for me, acknowledging the situation, having a full-blown conversation, I don't want the gift. It's like mm. poison to me. But in terms of how you receive feedback as well, I think that's definitely important because when I was like when I was younger, <laughs> I'm laughing, but when I was younger, there was there's definitely been situations where I believed I had handled feedback in a good manner, but on reflection, a couple, you know, year, two years later, I've realized I didn't. And in, in those conversations, someone might have said, oh, the work wasn't good or, you know, I didn't like how you did X, Y and Z. And as a result of this, it could look like this. And unfortunately, let's say, was again, it, how you do things is also important. It was done in an email. If that was said in person, for example, I think it would have been totally different because you can point things out. You can pause and you can say, oh, could you elaborate here? But in it, when someone sends an email, there's no room when you can send one back, but it just becomes Is back and forth. the situation you had when you were an intern? Yeah, at a certain yeah, point, so yeah. So tell us about the, um, the draft of the draft story. So, yeah, um, for that situation, I had, yeah, I think that's actually really good because just a word of advice when anyone is, you're sending any sort of work in terms of a draft, please do make sure that it's complete and it's actually done. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had sent a piece of work off for review and in my email I had pointed out, oh, this is just a, a first draft. And my idea at the time of what a first draft is, is I could maybe just give you a skeleton, might have some, I hope it doesn't have spelling mistakes, but if it does, it's, it's not too bad because it's a draft. Mine is like um, random scribbles here and there. My, yeah, you know, if it was a, a drawing, just to show you my thought process, you know, <laughs> make it cool. <laughs> that's that's what I assumed. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, that wasn't the way it was also taken and rightly so. So I submitted this and put in my email, just look at the content. Don't pay attention to the to the, to the rest of the deck, essentially. And the deck is a presentation again. So send it off couple minutes later ping check my email and the response was like what is this <laughs> like <laughs> oh, this isn't what you produced before this is poor I thought what's going on here because I just I, I thought I made it clear don't look at the just look at the content don't look at the rest of the deck and then it proceeded to go into what else was wrong with the deck and then the final line was like on like go go and reflect go and reflect on this situation if you think this is good and if there's you know something wrong this isn't insulting my intelligence your your manager had been quite nice up until that point yes she had and I thought because and I thought this is just unlike her the tone it's just it's just very wrong honestly I didn't know how to process it and I thought oh okay I knew the work was wasn't good to be honest but clearly this had really rubbed her the wrong way 
So this was towards the end of the day. So we couldn't have a discussion about it. So the next day, I took the email for, let me read it again. And let me get a second opinion. And someone else as well that's unbiased in this situation thought, actually, the tone of the email is a bit, it's not, it's not correct here. However, like the content still <laughs> remains that the work that was sent off wasn't of, of a good standard. And yeah, draft you need to that's when it's also good to not assume things because me and someone else me and that person for example our idea of a draft is is the same thing but clarify with someone what they want you to produce when you're doing a draft I would just go with have a complete done version so then I took that and had a meeting with my manager to just explain that I didn't think that the tone of the email was like the others that I had received before. And she had explained that it's because I had never received like bad feedback, essentially. And I was like, so, so offended. I thought, no, I've been told that this wasn't good before. And, you know, and she's like, no, like I've never told you your work's been bad. Yeah. <laughs> she, so, this is a, so this is a situation, I think, where ruinous empathy builds up mm. into obnoxious aggression. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've had that. Um, I well, I tried to not, but I think maybe I may have slipped up at some points. Working as an editor, my job is basically to give people feedback and critique their work. And obviously, you don't want to be too harsh because you want to create an environment where they can grow and develop as creatives. Um, yeah. But you also want to maintain quality standards, and that's very important given the output we're trying to provide as in publication so there's this situation for example with a writer she'd written for us before and she'd written like good work before so she sent us a pitch and it was regarding women's education she also wanted to do a case study on a film that was what she told us that she wanted to write about Mm -hmm. and she also wanted to send in some audio like a short podcast so we we publish articles that 800 to 1000 words in length and then at this point like our audio content hadn't been specified so that was definitely my fault however I just made the assumption that she would only send me like five to ten minutes of audio and it did say like short audio but she sent me like a whole one hour long podcast and then she also sent me um a four thousand word report bearing in mind that it had been clearly specified that it was supposed to be a maximum one thousand words so mm. i was just reading this report thinking um <laughs> what's what's this girl doing like um has she sent something in person like does she it was reading as though it's like an academic journal so the film that she had mentioned in her pitch only appeared like right at the bottom and it was about 500 words that she'd written on it. And then the rest of it was discussing advertising and discussing women in STEM and all these other subjects that hadn't been presented in the initial pitch. I mean, like it was a decent piece, but like it wasn't what I had commissioned and it wasn't yeah. what we'd agreed upon. So I went back to her saying like, oh, hey, I can't work on this until you trim it down to 1,000 words because that is within our editorial guidelines. As for the audio, I'm very sorry about not specifying that the audio had to be shorter, but can you please trim this down to around 10 minutes? So we've been going back and forth on this and it came to like the the fifth iteration of her piece and it was finally down to like a publishable standard. And then she sends me a message saying, hey, I don't really feel um, too confident in what's going out here because it doesn't really match the original essence of my piece, which is a fair comment. But why would you mention that 
after we've been working on this for about a week instead of during or beforehand like this is about to go out tomorrow the reason why we'd been going over it so many times is because the quality of writing wasn't there and I was making very constructive in my mind very constructive comments to her regarding like how she can improve as a writer but I feel like I was holding back a bit regarding I wasn't happy with the quality, but I didn't want to outright say, but I'm not happy with the quality because I wanted to spare her feelings. So I felt like some ruinous empathy was going on there, even though I was trying to be as constructive as possible. So then after she sent that to me, I said, hi, to be honest, I wasn't all that impressed with the quality of work from your first submission. I was quite disappointed given how well you wrote for your other piece which is why the article went through so many rewrites. Your first submission was around 4,000 words, I believe. And even when condensed down, I don't think the first iteration was written as elegantly as possible. You're welcome to add more to your essay, but we are publishing this week, so there isn't much time. And I expect any additions to be to a publishable standard. I will not be doing any more work on it, best. And then after that, she never responded to me again. So she was really... (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um if you want to give feedback on my feedback that would be I'll try to receive that as constructively as possible yeah no problem so in this case as you rightly identified uh ruinous empathy had taken place in the sense of again yeah you had you didn't rightly tell her at the beginning regarding the audio link which you did rectify but in the different iterations, if literally number one, again, sometimes we like to give people grace that, okay, maybe that was just so she'll, she'll get it this time or he or she will get it correct this it's time. Just but yeah, Just a one-off, exactly. And I, we understand. But considering the amount of iterations, if you, like you mentioned, rightly put your foot down and said, unfortunately, this isn't to the standard we are expecting. This is how, you know, this is how you usually write or read this as an example. And we can talk it through as to how you can edit your one. If Again, if you both have the time to do so, because if you have that conversation, again, if I tell someone that like, your work isn't to a good standard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I'm like, okay, how do I improve it? And we understand people are busy, go away, hot your head as to, okay, well, they said it's not to a good standard. Is it? Is it my grammar? Is it the sentence structure? Did I not put back up my evidence? Yeah, I mean, to uh, be fair, I applied for a job once as an editor somewhere and I sent them my portfolio. You know what? <laughs> I mean, maybe this is down to how I receive feedback, <laughs> but you know what the girl said? She was like, oh, you have great potential to be a journalist, but I'm not sure whether your work is to the quality you would expect as an editor. I was outraged. I was. Not me. I'm was great. Me, because <laughs> not me. Not me. Not me. That's right for the local newspaper. I looked this bill up on LinkedIn just to compare myself. I was so good. But the fact oh, is, no. you didn't give me any more feedback over much. You said, yeah. oh, that was it. I was like, oh, so where can I improve then? But I have tried to humble myself from then on so, um, just so I can <laughs> yeah, some... improve. But I was very, <laughs> I was very hurt. No, it happens. Like some situations are, listen, 
application processes, um, graduate schemes, the whole lot are very humbling experiences in terms of receiving feedback. And as you say, I remember going to an assessment centre as well and thinking, again, that's just, no, I mean, out, outwardly say that was me being cocky because I believed I can, you know, this was a graduate scheme that I could definitely get an offer from. I thought everything went well. The interview bit, the team building bit, everything. I went away thinking, yeah, this is great. And the next day I received a very swift email that says, you, unfortunately, you will, your application, that's it. This is the end. We can't offer you anything. I thought, yeah, I thought, this is, this is not right in my head. This is not the scenario I, I planned out and me. So <laughs> I actually sent an email saying, hi, you know, this, you know, this person, hi there. Um, what, what's the problem? Because again, one thing I would advise anyone to do interviews, take notes so you can actually have things to back yourself up on. So I said, oh, in the interview, this was my feedback. One, two, three. Mm. And rightly so, it was in your interview but there was how many other sections? Okay. And when they proceeded to um, explain, it was in the team building part that I didn't perform my best in. I was I was quite quiet. And to be honest, on reflection, that was the case. And that was a humbling experience. But on that note, though, you should also... So we've discussed providing feedback, we've discussed receiving feedback. There's also being able to challenge feedback, but in a constructive oh, yes. way. And yeah. definitely, um, sometimes when I used to apply for jobs, I'd be like, you are completely wrong. But not picking me. I was going to say something else. <laughs> I would say it outright like that, but that was basically the tone I was giving off. I mean, you need to be able to take feedback constructively, but sometimes feedback, so we, like, we've discussed like how feedback can fall into like manipulative insincerity mm-hmm. so I'm not sure on this one I guess it was must have been a tough call so we were splitting hairs but I applied for this job as a fashion buyer this is when I used to work in fashion yeah and I'd got down to like it was at a very big company I'd got down to like the final two and my presentation was like perfect like they even said it was perfect etc um also I was the most stylish person there just saying but um <laughs> <laughs> but um they said, so they asked me a question, like, what challenges do you feel like you might face from working here? And I was trying to, I don't like those types of questions because oh. I see them as trick questions. Because it's like, you want me to tell you my flaws so then you can think of a reason to not pick me. So yes. I was, yeah, so I was trying to think of something in a way that it would still sound good. And I guess the interview like. could see that I was taking a long time to think. And then she said, oh, mm. it's fine. You don't have to answer the question. I was literally about to answer Ben and I thought, okay, if she says it's fine. Tell me why my feedback oh, says no. that. Because you didn't answer that question. We picked the other person. I was thinking, so because I didn't tell you something bad about myself, you won't pick me. <laughs> well, you you framed that differently. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but also it was one of the interview questions. And although she said, again, they do this a lot, as, oh, it's okay, we can come back to it. Or it's okay, you don't have to answer. It's okay it's not, not to okay. know. No, it's, it's not, not okay. Because okay. there's 10 questions, <laughs> you need to answer all 10. Me, is it not? If you're saying it's okay, that. if you're saying it's okay to not answer the question, but it's not okay, if that is really this empathy, you're setting it to fail. 
That too, you can look at it in that that's one argument. The other argument is we have a strict um, time structure that we must stick to. And although we want everyone to answer the question, you might be taken longer than expected. And in that time, someone else might have answered the question or had the answer at the tip of their tongue, which, you know, they do with some of those questions because it, it, come, it comes up all the time. And yes, it is because someone might say, oh, my presentation skills Bearing in mind the role requires you to be good at presenting, you've you've dug a hole for yourself there, mate. <laughs> but again, if you are able to answer that question and then say, this is something that I've worked on in uni or um, in various work placements, and I received excellent feedback from the VP of X, Y, and Z that said my present present presenting skills was amazing and now my deck was shared to clients you know just you jazz it up (laughs) (laughs) that's what I do now though that's what I do now I googled that so I was thinking of because it's a very big company I was thinking oh maybe because I haven't worked in such a large global environment before that would be a challenge and I wanted to say that I was on the tip of my tongue Mm, I was thinking if if I say that if I say that they'll be like oh well you can't work for us then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that too again it's it depends like I remember people used to always say things like oh and I get shy sometimes and that may be true but they can see you can always use that or say I'm nervous in you know public speaking which again mm. is true but saying things like oh yeah being in I never worked in a global environment before that could be seen as a challenge comma um, this is why I applied for this role to challenge myself. <laughs> but again, so then, when it, comp- then it's like, why are you using our computer challenge yourself? <laughs> I mean, you know what? It depends on the competition on the when it comes to the selection say, stage, because that was a good answer, for example. But again, if I need to uh, narrow it down even more, and I have two candidates that were both amazing, oh, she said she can't work in it. <laughs> environment although on a normal day I would have taken her but the competition is tight today so no it, it can happen saying, but this girl hasn't said anything bad about this <laughs> yeah <laughs> she said she with that answer she's amazing I can imagine you saying yeah I'm nothing more to add <laughs> I don't oh, have gosh. any flaws <laughs> you know what been at assessment centers where people have said I have no weaknesses and then the, they've looked at them like really narcissism okay. that's a weakness yeah. <laughs> no literally they were sitting there like, oh mm. but also translates into um how people respond to feedback on a personal level as well this radical candor approach is a very good frame of reference for personal relationships as well and yeah. I've also been in situations where people haven't responded very well to me being radically candid, but I also, um, and I genuinely have been radically candid in a way that like I have considered their feelings as well as I've tried to provide constructive feedback into how they can improve. Sometimes at their request, but still, I feel like perhaps that's an issue of like emotional intelligence and how you process feedback as well as how you deliver feedback. Yeah, that is something that, again, Kim Scott also mentions with the whole essence of being radically candid. We both, in order to do it correctly, you need to be able to dish out what you, uh, yeah, dish out what you give. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the term. Uh, Yeah, dish out what you can 
Guess, okay, let's to, just go with that. <laughs> yeah, be able to, yeah, let's go with that. And so in order to, when you do that correctly, you challenge yourself in the sense of, as you said, if I ran again, I'm not going to, I'm going to choose something that's maybe close to me. Like my friends say, oh, well, like, how did I run out this week? Or you told me something this week. How did I do? What maybe could I have done better? Exactly. And Sometimes you, again, I'd be like, um, excuse me, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is just like, oh, this is, you thought it was nice. It came together. And someone's like, oh, I don't like the way that works together. Maybe you could have paired it with this. And you're thinking, okay. Yeah, but the like advice is again, if you put yourself in those situations randomly and you have to again be able to like have that self-reflection as to oh did I, re- I that made me feel uncomfortable. Maybe you didn't show it at the time, but when you went home or on the bus or wherever you've reflected and thought, why did they say that? Like, I really enjoyed that. I I like that or I appreciated that. Why do you feel a type of way? Again, with feedback sometimes is, and it happens at work because we get feedback in everything we do. You have to try not to take it personally. Like you have yeah. to just see it as siloed. Self-improvement, like self-improvement. Exactly. Because that's critiquing the work. And in order for the work to improve and for us to reach a better goal, this is great. Again, sometimes be free to challenge I've had that as a feedback as to I just say mm-hmm, yeah mm. great and, and I feel like that's the reverse of ruinous empathy as in that's the response version of ruinous empathy when delivering feedback in that you don't ask for critique in order mm-hmm. to improve yourself mm-hmm. exactly so how can we apply this matrix system to our everyday lives and be as radically candid as possible after watching a lot of uh, Kim Scott's TED Talks and reading the book, I would say that in order to apply it correctly, especially in work and even with friends and family, share stories. Like, again, if you create that environment where I, oh, this one time where I asked you about X, Y and Z about my outfit and you said it in this manner, I didn't, you know, I didn't appreciate it. I would have liked if you said it like this. However, or give me a solution how to exactly exactly and that worked out correctly and that work as well having um I remember one of my internships where they would I would listen into the other team's um stand-ups and every I think every Wednesday whenever it was they would have to share stories about how someone gave feedback to them that week if it was good or not I honestly love that. And even when I was interning at the recent place where they asked me, how, like, how do you like to receive feedback? And I was completely thrown off. But being able to share those stories, again, I shared that other um, internship story with her and we was able to find out a solution and I was able to recommend, oh, I prefer to receive feedback in this way and move forward from it. So in our everyday lives, I would say, number one, with friends, family and at work, we should create an environment where we can candidly... <laughs> No pun intended, share stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number two, I would say, just to clear up my lack of idiom awareness, um, I was trying to say <laughs> dish, what you can give. I'm not sure if it's correct. But number two, just be able to solicit feedback. Like, ask for it from people and make sure it's on something random as well. Because 
you can call yourself out and have that self-reflection moment on how you responded to that feedback. Because if you're going into the toilet, you're bringing a smile. She said that the writing on the other does she know that I'm not I've written for. Why are you responding like that, my dear? So um, <laughs> again, if that you might not might not think that's even how you you respond to things, but in order to call yourself out, then you'll be able to actually give constructive feedback and be radically candid where you care personally and challenge directly because you'll understand. I don't like the way X made me feel. I like the way this person made me feel, and therefore this is how I, I believe I should give my feedback. And number three perfect the conversations it's not a one-day job <laughs> we can't be radically candid overnight and using phrases like i'm just being radically candid is not cool <laughs> stop it <laughs> we don't do that, I'm, that. Just being radical. I'm just being radical i'm just being radically candid i know in tech they can be thrown phrases don't we don't like it here um it's what, about what I mean doing by, not saying exactly and again, it can be just random one-to-ones, having those one-to-ones with your manager. Use those one-to-ones to actually have open conversations about what went on in that week, how you responded to something, how they responded, and you can both think of solutions together. Obviously, if you're not both, if you both respond to things in the same way, you can get an unbiased opinion. And that can help those conversations, but perfecting them, making sure that you say this they say this if you don't like the way feedback is given to you it's okay to challenge but say use open questions like can you elaborate on this that opens the conversation as to not so but why did you say it like that no 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 um if you say oh yeah elaborate on this part or just elaborate on it they can just talk Mm, that's something that i've tried to apply to how i respond to feedback so previously I'd want to challenge every critique that I was given mm-hmm. now I've learned to see it from the other people's perspective and hear how they rationalize their decision so I think exactly. that's a good approach to take and a much healthier one than to always be combative exactly and also asking if you're stuck as, as to how you can actually implement it just saying like what does success look like to you in this space or what person or what other person is demonstrating this correctly and that's something I try and do now and they'll be like oh yeah A, a does this really good or they storyboard really well ask mm. ask them or observe them and you can find a way to put it into like objectives later on so it's actually you know checked up on you also you can do it in your personal objectives like you know goals and whatever if your friend is telling you that you don't take feedback well you know put them to your own personal goals and maybe every six months if you have an accountability partner I suggest people to get one use that person ask people randomly like oh this week actually you said this how did I respond to to that and if they still say it's the same then you've got a lot more work to do and that's fine but as long as you're progressing towards it and those are my three tips (laughs) so thank you so much for joining us Debbie also known as the tech babe so where can people find you for more information first and foremost please do follow my instagram page the tech babe with an underscore um i randomly put up polls i share um career posts i share my experiences the tech babe is not just about tech it's also about how i incorporate tech with being a creative as well in both of them 
So I share um, a lot of opportunities. So please do follow me on there and also follow my YouTube page, which is just Ooh, Debbie O. Yeah, okay. so I've got YouTube coming out, you know, watch this space. <laughs> and please feel free to like DM me if you have any questions, you want to talk about things. I think I'm going to start putting up a Calendly where people can book um, slots to talk for more in-depth discussions rather than just DMs because I prefer having the face-to-face conversations. Yeah, and we'll link all of those details down below. 